You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour in this Thursday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Phone calls have been great. 877-3DP-SHOW. Coachless teams, Dolphins, Jags, Saints, Texans, Vikings. How attractive is the Dolphins' job? Knowing you have an owner who may be guilty of incentivizing you to fix games. Ooh, is it toxic? Certainly this week. This is where the NFL is like, oh, can we get something controversial, something else controversial to come up? Because you have that situation. You have Brian Flores making the rounds on the talk shows yesterday, talking about the allegations and the hiring practices. Now Hugh Jackson, who's the head coach at Grambling, when he was with the Browns, he is accusing them of sort of uh, incentivizing him to lose games. And I... I was trying to follow this because I was wondering, what, did uh, Jimmy Haslam, the owner of the Browns, go to Hugh Jackson? Hey, another loss. You're 1-31. in 31, Another $100,000. Um, he hinted at this on Twitter yesterday because he kept getting contracts. He, his contract was extended. They were losing. They were terrible. And I think Hugh Jackson is inferring that, hey, we weren't winning. We were on a three-year, four-year rebuild process, and I was getting rewarded for not winning games. Here's Hugh Jackson, the former Browns head coach. I wasn't offered $100,000 for every game, but there was a substantial amount of money made within, you know, what happened in the situation every year at the end of it. It's vague, but I understand what he's saying. Hey, we were losing, and I kept getting rewarded by the owner. You ended up getting Miles Garrett and Baker Mayfield. You were being asked to not be too good so you could get some top draft picks. And I don't know, you know, when you have that $100,000 per loss that you have with Brian Flores, now it's just different. Like, that's something, oh, wow, 100000 If you just say, hey, we extended Hughes' contract, you're going, okay. But when you have a dollar amount on these losses, and I think that's where it resonates with a lot of people. The NFL said they're going to investigate, according to Chris Mortensen. And the owner said he's going to cooperate here. If you're the NFL, do you want to find anything? Because if you do, there's the repercussions, the fallout from that with gambling. Uh, you know, do people sue? Uh, you know, sports books, like if, if they are cleared, is there any fallout here? Because somebody is lying or somebody's telling the truth is the other way to look at it. Stephen Ross telling the truth is Brian Flores telling the truth. Who do you believe? Because that's what it comes down to, down to. And I wonder if this owner is now taking inventory of, God, did I have an email? Did I have a text message? Who was in the room? That's where you take attendance in your mind. And you're like, okay, did I say this to just Brian? Did Brian share this with anybody? Is the GM involved in this? Any player, it, you know, who knows? Because once you go, I don't think I text him. I, you know what? Uh, phone call? Because you could have said, look, there was miscommunication. You know, Brian's taking something out of context here. You, you could have gone in, in that direction because people always use that. Certainly in the media. Oh, you took it out of context. You could say that, 
But Brian, and I'm going to go back to the one word that was used by a source with the NFL to describe Brian Flores. Principled. Feels like something happened. Brian kept his job, wanted to keep his job. And that's where people will go, well, you waited till you got fired and then you brought this up. I don't think he thought he was going to be fired. Therefore, you fired me. Now I look around at everything that's happened. I'm supposed to be up for this job. Didn't even get a real interview. Up for this job with the Broncos. Didn't really get an interview here. Like this whole system is a mess. And yes, this might be career suicide, but I'm going to let people in behind the curtain. Yeah, Todd. If this was even close to being true, imagine being a player on the Dolphins and you're trying your hardest and you maybe you're getting concussed or you have some kind of serious injury and you're doing all this only to find out that, you know, the owner of your team that's writing your checks wants you to ultimately have less points at the end of the game. Super Week on the Dan Patrick Show brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Uh, poll question, final hour, Todd. What, what Dolphins owner Stephen Russ is accused of doing is tanking like other teams do, is throwing games or both, 59% both, 24% tanking like other teams do, 18% throwing games. We do allow it. We do allow it in basketball. I mean, the Sixers just called it the process. <laughs> you know, and they were tanking. Oh, uh, it's the process. Okay. You know, you want to rest players. Um, a guy's injured. Don't hurry back. I mean, it, it's happened in the NBA. Cavaliers did it to get LeBron. I don't know how you take away incentivizing teams to lose when it comes to drafting players. Because that, you know, do you, do you have everybody have a lottery for all the teams that didn't make the playoffs? Everybody has an equal chance to get the number one or number two pick overall. Maybe. But as long as you're going to have that, then you're going to have teams. And, and we've watched this before where you go, what are they doing winning? Like the Lions will win a game or the Jets will win a game. I mean, the Dolphins missed out on Joe Burrow. They, they won, I think, what, their last two games and missed out on Joe Burrow. One of those, I think, was in overtime. <laughs> you imagine being, you imagine sitting next to Stephen Ross, and, and they're scoring, and everybody's jumping up, high-fiving, and he's like mad, cursing. Yeah, Marv. This is kind of like the theme for uh, Major League, where the owner didn't want them to win, yeah. and they start winning. <laughs> She's like, oh. <laughs> good movie, Major League. Major League 2, not as good. Yes, Paulie. The team the Dolphins beat two years ago in overtime to, that cost them the number one pick and give that team the number one pick was the Cincinnati Bengals. It could be a flip-flop. Here's one question I would have. Right. If you're Stephen Ross, the owner, and you tell your head coach, I'll incentivize you to lose games, how is that enacted by the head coach? Do you give him instructions? Like, play inferior quarterbacks, rest healthy players or healthy-ish players. Like, I wonder if there was a plan in place. Well, somebody needs to ask Brian Flores, what was the plan? How do you, how were you told to lose games? Right. Or did you ever discuss the option with your uh, assistant coaches? Like, how could we do this and not get called up by the local media? Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, we haven't had a chance to interview Brian Flores. We, we tried to get on his schedule yesterday, but he had uh, uh, quite a few interview requests there. But I think he's still interviewing for the Texans, John. I guess he's rumored to be up for the Saints job. But I'll go back to what I said earlier in the show, just to let people know that when the Rooney rule was established, 
20 years ago. Teams around the league were told that when interviewing for the head coaching position, a minority applicant must be included. The teams were also, you know, there, there were no guidelines. They were told no guidelines about the seriousness of the interview. It was just you had to interview a minority. It didn't say how serious is this interview. Plus, in fairness to the Giants, and I have no affinity for the Giants, but they may have said we fell in love with Brian Dable before we were going to interview Brian Flores. And it has nothing to do with racism. It was, oh my gosh, this is our guy. Well, we still have to go through the process. Okay, maybe the process was a sham, and Brian feels that way, but maybe the Giants just said this is the guy we want. And the, like, you can't tell somebody, hey, don't mentally decide on somebody. Like, like, these are human beings. And you don't want Brian to go to another job. Like, let's just look at it from the Giants' side of things. Giants bring in Brian Dable. Probably blown away. Brian Dable, after the game against the Patriots, there were reports he had, you know, he could pick and choose from these jobs. All right, do you want to lose him to pick a team that had an opening? And the Giants probably thought, we got to let him know, even though he's still in the playoffs. We, hey, you got this job. When your season ends, you're our head coach. Well, you're going to bring in Brian Flores. You're not going to hire Brian. And I, I understand it. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a harsh system that you have to deal with. Minorities have to deal with. Absolutely. Harsh. Unfair. But I also have to be fair to these teams who say, that's our guy. I don't know if the Giants said, you know what? Uh, we're not going to hire Brian because he's black. If, if you're hiring Brian Dable, who does have a good resume, to me, not as qualified as Brian Flores. But look, the Giants, you can't tell these businessmen, hey, you got to hire that guy. You better not hire that guy. I don't know how you can do that. But the NFL probably has to look at that or have these conversations behind the scenes. I don't know if the Broncos had made up their mind on Vic Fangio. Probably did. And then John Elway got together with Brian Flores. And if he showed up an hour late, okay, showed up an hour late. Did they really want to do the interview? Maybe not. But they had to do the interview. It, does, it doesn't mean the Broncos are racist. It just means we already got our guy. We're not, you know, hey, Brian, we'll sit down and talk to you. Yeah, Paul. Yeah, you were right. The Giants interviewed Brian Dable twice, and he was scheduled to have a, a, a follow-up interview with the Dolphins, and there were other teams rumored to be scheduled to be in the mix for him if he didn't get the offer from the Giants. So when he was with the Giants, he could have gotten the offer right there that day. Yeah, that's. I'm going to guess that's what happens, and that's what happened in this situation. To prove racism, I think, is going to be really difficult. But it's the culture. The culture is what is going to come to the forefront. You know, how do we get these opportunities? You know, the Rooney Rule needs to be updated because it was 20 years ago. And, you know, how do you give somebody a chance, a fair chance? How do you know you're not going through a faux interview? And, you know, you and the listening audience, you've probably gone into situations like this where you didn't realize, but you weren't getting the job, but you still 
we're part of the interviewing process there. It's not right, not fair, but it's life. And maybe that's what happened with the Giants and the Broncos. The other stuff with what happened with Stephen Ross and the Dolphins, you know, that's, that's real. Because I don't think Brian Flores did anything to get fired. This guy is so principled, according to reporting, he's on Stephen Ross's yacht, invited to meet a prominent quarterback. And it, it turned out to be Tom Brady. This, was, this would have been tampering. So here's Brian Flores, who went through all of this with New England, and he says, I'm getting off the yacht. I'm not going to be involved in this. I'm not going to tamper with Tom Brady. It seems like a pretty principled guy. But somebody's lying. Is it Stephen Ross or Brian Flores? A couple of phone calls here. Uh, Diddy in Minnesota. Hi, Diddy. Hey, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, 6'4", 240. So I have a, a solution for tanking, and uh, specifically the NFL, but it could be used for all sports. Uh, once your team gets eliminated from playoff contention, every win after that counts towards your chance at the number one pick. Yeah. So if you're eliminated in week eight, uh, you have you know ten more weeks. You pile up as many wins as you can. If you're eliminated in week sixteen, you only have two chances. Uh, but if you only win two games um, after that week eight. You have the same amount of uh, opportunity as if you are eliminated in week 16. Yeah, I brought this up. I don't know when I brought it up. I've been doing this too long. But uh, I did bring it up a couple of years ago that incentivize these teams after they're eliminated to continue to win games. Therefore, that improves your your draft status. Uh, Robert in Nashville. Hey, Robert, what's on your mind? Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, tried to get in the other day when the uh, when the boys were taking the sprinter van through uh, through Nashville. I just wanted to find out if Seton saw me on the overpass with my sign that uh, my dad's dead too. <laughs> oh no! Did it? Yeah. Did, did, but Seton's dad is not dead. No, no. I, yeah, no. I understand. But oh, okay. It just still is a still classic show moment. <laughs> uh, I also had an idea on the uh, Robert. Do you have a picture of you on the overpass in Nashville with your sign? My dad's dead too. I, I, I do not. I'm sorry. That was oh. a one-man thing. Okay. I do have a picture of the sign. <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, I, I, have a, I have a thought on the uh, tanking issue, too. Right. If you take the lowest-seeded team in each conference that gets into the playoffs, give them a coin flip for the number one and two pick, and then everybody else who's out of the playoffs gets an even-shot lottery to get in there. Well, we used to do a coin toss, certainly in the NBA. That was when the Phoenix Suns, Milwaukee Bucks famously had the coin toss. Milwaukee won it, got Luel Sindor. Phoenix got Neil Walk. And, uh, you know, when you have those coin tosses, Magic Johnson, I think, that was a coin toss as well. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I know. Uh, let me take a break here. More phone calls coming up. Uh, back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. I'm excited to go play some golf, maybe in Los Angeles, because I'm going to bring golf balls. I'm not going to bring my Callaway clubs, but I was just going to bring a sleeve or two of uh, some Callaway. Yes, Tom. So where are we all playing with you? I'm assuming you're going to include the, uh, the Danettes on the you know, There are things where <laughs> I can, I rarely say never, but in this case, going golfing with you specifically. is never. We will never play golf together. Yes, yes. Mini golf, maybe. I've I've never been more sure. <laughs> we could do a little putt putt. That'd be fun. 
Uh, you know, to quote my girl, Taylor Swift, never, ever, ever <laughs> going golfing again. Sounds like there's no chance of that happening. Chrome Soft. You're going to love the golf balls they have. Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X, Chrome Soft XLS. Chrome Soft is better for the best and also better for everyone. Find out which Chrome Soft is right for you. All the great products at CallawayGolf.com slash Chrome Soft. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Super Week on the Dan Patrick Show brought to you by Link Soul Apparel. Lifestyle brand for any occasion. By the way, don't miss every medal, every moment of the Winter Olympics. Oh, look what's in front of me. The long nightmare is over. America's nightmare is over. You in New England, go back to whatever you do. It's been a painful two days for you to get through. Somehow, Tom Brady had the audacity to not thank each and every one of you in New England. Tough times. Show up at your door and say thank you for supporting me. Tom Brady has just put out a video where it's uh, his highlights of all the things, the retrospect of all the great moments that he had. And uh, he said, I played for the name on the front of my jersey and the name on the back of my jersey. I played for my friends, my family, and our community. Every single one of you that have given me what I have today. I love you all. Thank you all, capital letters, for making this incredible journey possible. Uh, Dan. What, I could have done better? You could have okay. sold that. All right, I'm a little more emotional, a little more. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> I played for the name on the front of my jersey and the name on the back of my jersey. And I play for my friends and my family and our community. Every single one of you. I played for a boatload of money too, but I can't say that. I love you all. Thank you all, especially Giselle, for making this incredible journey possible. <laughs> nice. You're still smoking hot. How was that? Yeah, that's a little better. Yeah, that's all right. Oh, that's the actor in me. But Tom is, has put out his video, and uh, so I think everybody in New England is, is fine now. Because, I, you know, I had New England fans, a couple of friends are like, he's coming back to New England. I go, for, for what? To pack up some things? or Like what? For one day? All right, good. Like I, if I'm New England, do you really take it personally? I, I, he, gave you, he gave you six Super Bowls. And didn't he thank you two years ago? Uh, just, uh, people, they wanted to squeeze one more day of clicks out of Tom Brady. He didn't thank the Patriots. Robert Kraft is beside himself. Like, okay. He, he, gave, me, he gave you six Super Bowl victories. Like, I, like, I'm good. You don't want to thank me? That's okay. Man, <laughs> I, I just, people, get, there's so many other things to be worried about, bothered by. It's like you won the lottery, but then you want to thank you from the lottery <laughs> for letting you win the lottery. They, take the money. Like, I, I want to know how long has this video been in the works? Because 
I'm going to guess Tom didn't just do this last night. And, you know, his thank you to the Buccaneers probably didn't happen overnight. But I guess we can now move on. Yes, Marv. They were doing that during the interview with Jim Gray on his podcast. You think they were editing it then? Yeah. When Tom was like, I'm not sure his team's doing all the editing and all Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably over the weekend. You know, maybe somebody caught wind of somebody putting together a hype video to say goodbye. And they're like, hey, Tom's got a video. Although Shefty's source was probably in the front office, I'm going to guess. I don't, I don't think it would have come from his agent. It probably somebody in the front office. Yeah, Paul. I love, though, Brady, even how he wrote his thank you video for the video, he tried to thank every single person possible. My family, the community, my friends, every single one of you. Like, I'm trying not to leave anybody out. I love you all. Thank you all. He actually capitalized all. But I said this yesterday. He is as socially aware as anybody aside from LeBron. As far as media with uh, tweets, social media, probably maybe more so. But... You know, to, he had to know that not thanking the Patriots was going to bother Patriots fans. All right? I'm guessing. Because you can't go, okay, I'm going to put this out. What do you think of this? Without somebody going, you didn't mention the Patriots. And then, you know, Tom doesn't have a disclaimer in here. Like, I thanked you two years ago. I want to thank the Buccaneers for welcoming me and my family. And I'm sorry that I only gave you one Super Bowl. Yeah, Paul. I thought it was a mistake that he didn't thank the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets for being so incompetent for two decades. That's kind of unfair of him. It would have been great if, hey, I just want to thank the Jets for being the Jets. (laughs) I would never be here without the Jets. By the way, the Lakers take on the Clippers tonight. And before the season, we probably thought, you know, started, uh, we thought, maybe this is a conference finals preview. You got Anthony Davis has missed significant time. LeBron James missing time. Russell Westbrook just missing shots. And the Lakers are two games under 500. So they're ninth in the Western Conference right now. And then you wonder, you know, do you just say this is not going to be a successful season? Do you gear up towards next year? Do you try to get that eighth spot, seventh spot? But with LeBron... Trying to get him to come back. Um, You know, maybe they dig themselves out of a hole. Maybe. And they claw back into playoff contention here. But I just wonder at what cost. Because I got to look at LeBron and say, all right, do we we get him back? How much do we want to rush him back? Anthony Davis, I can't count on uh, health-wise. Russ, I can't count on either. Uh, It just doesn't feel like you're going to be a contender. And, and that's what I wonder if LeBron gets to the point where he says, you know what, we're better off if we gear up for next season. I don't think that mentally he's able to do that because it's about making the playoffs. And, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't miss the playoffs. And how many next seasons does he have? That's the other part of this. Because you know, how many more seasons does he have? But he's playing at a pretty damn high level. Uh, Patrick in Arizona. Hey, Patrick, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan. Good morning. Good morning, Danettes. Big shout out to Marvin. Uh, I'm the actor from The Wire, Marvin. Good to see you up front there. Hey, um, 
I had a question when we're talking about retirees, and you were talking about the great class that could come up for this year. Question is, where does Larry Fitzgerald fall? Is it this year? Is it last year? Uh, certainly first ballot Hall of Famer, and if he fell into this year, it could be an epic class. So I was curious to your take on that. And then uh, I'm on my way to meet my attorney to file my class action lawsuit for all the gambling losses I had on the Dolphins <laughs> this year. <laughs> Good luck with that, Patrick. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is... He retired last year. Well, he just didn't play this year. I don't know if it factors at all, but Florio said before that it, you retire, you put your yep, retirement papers. papers in. Yeah. I don't know if that's a real thing or not. I think it is. I'll see if they classify him as already having one year towards the Hall of Fame. I'll check. Okay. Pepe in El Paso, Texas. Hey, Pepe. Hey, Dan. Good morning. Good morning. First time, long, long time listener. Been listening to you since your days in the Aspen Network. Thank you. Hey, uh, big Dolphins fan here, but I'm not, I don't want to talk about the Dolphins right now. I heard that Seton this morning is going to try to make it to El Paso. So I think he, perf- he picked the perfect date to come over because everything right now is closed due to the weather. But if he's willing... And if the French kid is willing, I can take him over across the border and have a good breakfast at Ciudad Juarez. You can enjoy some uh, Mexican barbacoa. Well, you know what? I'll pass the information on uh, Pepe, and uh, I wouldn't rule that out. Him and the French kid, when they uh, pull in later on tonight, and then maybe have, uh, have some breakfast before they depart for Arizona. Eduardo in Florida. Eduardo, what's on your mind? Good morning. Good morning. I would like to make a comment about uh, your coverage of this particular situation with Mr. Flores. Yeah. And I think you have done an outstanding job of displaying an unusual amount of fairness from people in the media. And I commend you for that. It's something that seems to be missing in this day and age. Well, thank you, Eduardo. I, I just don't do hot takes and jump to conclusions. This is how I was taught 40 years ago. And, you know, in this business, I'm supposed to pick a side. I want to cover the story, not pick a side. And if, I, if that means that we, we don't have hot takes, then that's okay. I somehow survived 40 years in this business without hot takes. And, and you should cover both sides. And I don't want to jump to conclusions. Do I think Brian Flores is telling the truth? I do. But he's got to prove it. And, and I'm open to the fact that he might not be telling the truth. Could Stephen Ross be telling the truth? Sure. I'm open to the fact that he could be. But I'm also open to the fact he could be lying. Um, you know, that's why with, with what's going on with the Giants or the Broncos... I, I want to hear the information here. And then you make, you know, an opinion known, a decision on something like that. But these are sensitive topics. And I just, I think in fairness to everybody involved, you have to kind of move slowly or slower than you normally do. Heidi in Wisconsin. Hi, Heidi. What's on your mind? Hi, Dan. Thanks for taking my call. I have a thought on the class action status of the Brian Flores lawsuit. I'm a shareholder of the Green Bay Packers, and I think as a shareholder, I can petition to join the suit and have standing because the actions of the owners have harmed the NFL product and thereby diluted the value of my stock. And last I checked, there's about 360,000 of us. Yeah, I know, including my son. 
Uh, well, thank you, Heidi. Yeah, I don't know where we're going with this, but I mean, imagine if you're a sports book, uh, you're somebody who bets, and and but there's no evidence that the Dolphins actually tanked. They ask Brian Flores to tank. At least that's the report, incentivizing him to lose games. But there's, you know, there's nothing that says Brian did that. Now, if he did, now we have. Now we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. But we don't have that right now. All right, uh, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. I've been mentioning some of the guests who are going to join us in Los Angeles. Uh, Reggie Miller is going to join us in studio on Monday. Been a while since we've seen Reg. Will Farrell's going to stop by. Troy Aikman, Dak Prescott. So we have a really good guest list. And uh, Todd does such a wonderful job with this. Uh, did you reach out to John Legend since he's a uh, a Dayton resident and a Bengal fan, Todd? I reached out to someone in that family, but that would be misleading to say that I invited John Legend specifically. Yeah. So his wife, Chrissy Teigen, but John is a Bengal fan. He would probably make a lot of sense to invite for the show. Yes, Paul. We're trying to get George Clooney on, but we have to go through a lot of people. Yeah. Clooney has layers of people. I know. The bigger the star, the more layers. Yeah. I actually met some of those layers, and and you know, really? yeah, like agents and publicists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that he has a guy that if something goes wrong, that that guy, he's known as if it goes wrong, that guy. And I guess he's the wolf. You know, got to clean up. You know, spill in aisle six. Yeah, Paul. I can remember years ago when we had our big Charlie Sheen interview. We finally got a hold of Charlie, and he called in the show, and I, I picked up the phone when he called in. And he goes, I go, Charlie, you know, we've been trying to get you on the show for about three years. He goes, he goes this is the first I'm hearing of this. He goes, yeah. no one tells me anything. And then he tells me, he goes, you know, they don't want me doing interviews. They just want me doing the show. Was it two and a half men? Yeah. Because they want me to do two and a half men and go home. And, uh, and that was what he said right before he went on the air and all hell broke loose. And I, that was one of those. How many years ago was that? I think that was uh, 2012, February of 12. He spoke to the UCLA uh, baseball team. They were, he was just working out over UCLA, and he told him, uh, drink chocolate milk and stay off the crack. Yeah, and, and I he, saw the video, and I said, we got to get Charlie Sheen on. And, we and I knew that he watched the show, but we had an old cell phone number, and I said, let's just see if we can get Charlie on. And then next thing you know, he, he says, right before he comes on, he goes, hey, make sure Dan asked me about two and a half men, where, where I am. And... Uh, he started, he got suspended from two and a half minutes. Yeah, he got in a little of a, I'm going to air quote, jam at a hotel in New York City a couple oh, weeks earlier. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was suspended yeah. from the productions of Two and a Half Men, which was a top five show in the country at the time. And, and he acted like he was banging on the door of Two and a Half Men. He was outside banging on the door. And I go, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I'm being locked out. And then he mentioned, you know, one of the producers, the main guys, Chuck Lorre. Yeah. Very famous. And... Then all of a sudden, it it went zero to sixty. It, it was a leading story on like Entertainment Tonight. It was on Evening News. There's one more caveat to that story. He was booked on a Friday. We booked Charlie. First he booked Charlie Sheen. We agreed to get him on on a Friday, but the show was wrapping up. And over the weekend, he called me and said, "Hey, everyone, my publicist, my agent, the people at CBS are begging me not to go on Dan's show on Monday." So I'm going to producer mode, thinking I got to keep Charlie Sheen booked because you know Fritzy got him. We're gonna get him. And he goes, 
And he goes, I'm in Vegas right now. I'm in the back of the Jeep with some buddies. I'm going to be gambling all weekend, but I guarantee I made a commitment to Dan. I love Dan. I want to be on your show on Monday later. And he hung up the phone on me. And I was like, if he's not dead, he's going to be on the show on Monday. Oh, God. And, you know, I wasn't trying to escalate anything. I just wanted to ask him about the video with the UCLA baseball team and him saying, you know, stay off the crack, uh, drink chocolate milk. And I thought, okay, that seems like a entry spot for uh, Charlie Sheen to join us on the show. Do we have a little bit of uh, Charlie Sheen? Well, you know, I went, I went back to work, and um, I was banging on the stage door. Hello? Where's everybody? And I, I don't know what happened. I guess they're closed. They they won't let you back in? I, I uh, Nobody told me. <laughs> nobody told me. I just figured, you know, I'm supposed to go back to work because I'm ready. Wait, and, you're, you're uh, on hiatus. No, we're on forced hiatus. They said, uh, you get ready, we'll get ready, and I got ready, I went back, nobody's there. I don't know what to tell you, Dan. Nobody's there. Well, wait, how do they tell you? You're the star of Two and a Half Men, so do you? who decides when you get to... You can't do One and a Half Men. Uh, no, and that was clearly revealed when they um, had to bring me back this year, you know? Um, I don't know what to tell you, man. I'm just... Uh, I'm here, and I'm ready. They're not bring it, you know? When are you scheduled to, to uh, start shooting again? Uh, I believe uh, August of 2014 at this pace. I don't know. It's supposed to be like the 28th or or the 29th. <laughs> That's what it is. It's the 29th and a non-leap year. We talked for 20 minutes that morning. And then two days later, he called. And and I think the, the second time he called, it was unannounced. It was like, uh, Charlie's on the phone. Do you know I had somebody, a producer from a big-time show, call my home. And they, they didn't have my cell number. They called my house. I don't know how they got it, but they go, uh, hey, would you like to come on this show? And I go, first of all, how'd you get my number? Uh, not sure. I said, well, you tell me how you got my number, and then I'll tell you if I can be on the show. Paulie. What's that? Did you? Get- <laughs> I think we're up against a break. <laughs> you know, it, it was crazy. Then people wanted me to be a guest to, to talk about Charlie Sheen. I said, I don't know Charlie. And then remember when that's when winning. And I think he didn't he have tiger blood. And yeah. if you listen, we'll put it up on danpatrick.com. We'll put it in the newsletter. Oh but Tar- you and Charlie went on for 20 minutes. He goes, Dan, I am winning. W I N N. And he spelled it out for you. Winning. And he goes, I'm not a normal human. I have a tiger blood. You got to get me when you can get me. And it, it just exploded. <laughs> so that's a decade ago. That was uh, February 2011. We're coming up on. What, 11-year anniversary yeah. event? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm Paul. Or Would you have been able to answer any questions from Extra or Access Hollywood or Inside Edition? What do you think he meant by winning? No, no, this was a news program. And they wanted you to break down your interview with Charlie Sheen and yes. analyze what he meant yes. at times in the interview? Yes. Fascinating. Because they couldn't get Charlie. And I reached out to Charlie, and I said, hey, you know, these shows want me on to talk about you, just so you know I'm not going to come on. And he goes, bleep them. Bleep them. You know, this is about winning. We're winning. And I go, I, I don't think I am. I haven't heard from Charlie in a while. Keeping it quiet lately. Is that a good thing? For him? Probably. <laughs> winning. I remember somebody said that he got like $100 million from Two and a Half Men. Like just crazy money. Well, maybe it's not crazy money, but uh, but yeah, we haven't heard from Charlie in a long time. All right, let's take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. And I think somebody has a limerick for us, and it's not Todd Fritz. Back after this.
Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Super week on the Dan Patrick Show, brought to you by M-Drive. Don't let age beat you. Get M-Drive. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow. And we got a limerick. Jesse in Atlanta joins us for his uh, limerick. Hi, Jess. Hi, Dan. Hi, guys. Uh, yep, I have a limerick. All right. And uh, if I can, in the uh, form of channeling Sean Connery. Oh, okay. All right. Sheaton is on the road. Nick Wright is as salty with Dan as a toad because the Chiefs are out of it. Thank God McLovin quit. Does this mean the next GOAT is Joe Ohio? All right. Well, thank you, Jesse. I don't know if I would have gone the accent route there, but uh, don't you have a limerick, Todd? I have several limericks, but I'm saving them for Super Bowl week. Oh, you have Super Bowl limericks? Yeah, I got like almost, I have like five of them. Oh, and so, I have them in all different colors. Like I know you guys love when I color code the emails. I so this all. is this is one each day when we're in Los Angeles. Exactly. Maybe I'll write even more. But for now, I've got five, and maybe we can have a, a celebrity <laughs> athlete guest involved. Who knows? We'll try to do something fun and creative. Okay, that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, today would have been a good day since we had plenty of room. With wow, really? <laughs> no guess. See, I knew you were going to say that, and to, to just defend myself, I looked back at my notes during like the last commercial break in case there was a wise remark. And August second and August 9th were the last times we had one guest. That's not terrible. Six full months ago was the last time. If we're counting guests, if that's important to us or important to how well I'm doing my job, the number of guests. But what I ask you for is what? <laughs> Very little. Okay. Two or three guests, ideally exactly. a guest each hour, right. like poll question that's ideas, just, maybe a couple of notes for the guests if there's something to plug. No, no, just usually I ask for... You're right. You know, I'm stealing money. I have been for 20 years and I've three found guests, out. You know, somebody who moves the story forward, somebody who can be entertaining. It's all reasonable. So for, for the days that we had four guests, maybe we can kind of take the average and then like one guest becomes that's two. That's not the way to it's go about it. Goes. No, no, I don't think so. no. Yes, Paul. Dan, I think you're a little out of line. It's a really quiet time of year. There's not a lot of topics or you're stories right. right today or you're this right. week. My bad. Not a lot to talk about. My bad. It's really, really beyond unnecessary. Tomorrow's Friday and we're going to LA. There's a lot of things to, and then you gotta like kinda do that. And how many guests you got for tomorrow? So far I've got one. Okay. <laughs> Consistency is what you ask out of us, Dan. I, know. I feel really good about at least one more. I will not promise that. Okay. Winter Olympics are underway, by the way. Yeah, we have curling on right now. Norway, Canada tied. And then uh, USA Women's Hockey this morning, they were, they were pretty good. Hmm. Uh, this day in sports history, we'll have that for you coming up. Uh, Blake in New Orleans. Hey, Blake, what's on your mind today? Hey, good morning. First of all, Fritzy is a gift that keeps on giving. I love the guy. <laughs> um, my, my question is, um, so Belichick texts Flores mistakenly, and Flores says, I haven't been interviewed. I'm curious, was he the last interview, or had there, or were there other coaches that were also 
um, planned or scheduled to be interviewed after that text because that would basically, um, you know, free up the Giants to say, hey, we also had, you know, Jim Bob Cooter that day. Um, but if it is for us, as be the, you know, the only guy remaining that does look kind of bad. Yeah, I'm not sure. I thought there was one other candidate who was supposed to be interviewed, but I, I don't know that timeline. To be fair to the story, I, I don't know that. But you're right. If the Giants said, hey, look, we had two other candidates that we were going to interview. But it all started with, you know, Bill Belichick having two Brian's in his phone and thinking that he was texting Brian Dable and he texted Brian Flores. But who told Bill Belichick that Dable was getting the job? I'd be curious about that as well. But I'm going to guess they're going to be looking into that. Yeah, Paul. You really could, if you go on the New York Giants uh, Twitter feed, like the other teams, they were tweeting out every time they had an interview, they would tweet out, we just interviewed Patrick Graham. We just interviewed Brian Dayball. We just interviewed Brian Flores. There is really a timeline based off uh, their, their Twitter feed of who they interviewed and when. Michael in Denver. Hey, Mike, what's on your mind? Hey, guys, uh, just real quick on Charlie Sheen. I was uh, in Afghanistan when you did that interview. I was deployed with the military, and I got home from my R&R. I was on the beach in San Diego with my wife, and these college students were you know, playing on the beach, and they kept saying winning, winning. They kept talking about Tiger's blood, and I looked at her and said, what are they talking about drinking Tiger's blood and winning? And she was like, what do you mean what are they talking about? It's everywhere, but I've been in Afghanistan for a year and missed that <laughs> cultural reference. So it was hilarious. <laughs> Well, thank you, Michael. We're big in Afghanistan. I cannot walk down the street in Afghanistan. Winning. Yeah, winning in tiger blood, like that took over. It was everywhere. And then, you know, Charlie was way... Charlie invited me to his house to come party. And I said, that's... I might get there, but I won't get out. You don't live like that. No, I... I got... I just couldn't imagine going out there and partying with Charlie Sheen. Uh, let's see. This day in sports history, Paul. Uh, ooh, this is good for California Angels fans. Minnesota Twins in 79 traded Rod Crew to the California Angels for four players. Mm-hmm. Who, to be named later. Um, let's see. Oh, 2001, the XFL debuted. The Las Vegas Outlaws beat the New York slash New Jersey Hitmen 19-0. <laughs> it's a dark day in Hitmen history. And the Orlando Rage beat the Chicago Enforcers 33-29. And, of course, the Rams, or the Patriots won a Super Bowl over the Rams. Yeah. 2002. Yeah, that's when it all started for Tommy. Um, Todd, what did you learn today? I learned that uh, Seton and the French Kid are on their way and hoping to get to El Paso sometime tonight. Marvin, what did you learn today? The Washington Commanders sound like an XFL team. <laughs> Paulie, what did you learn? Ross Tucker, 315 in college. Download the DraftKings app and use the code Patrick to get a free shot at millions of dollars up for grabs this week. First deposit minimum, $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Thanks for joining us. Join us tomorrow for Meet Friday. Talk to you then.